Hey, welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is Murph and Mike uh, with Movie Marathon, and we are here to talk about what I would call is the canon classic, American Ninja, the 1985 movie starring uh, Michael Dudikoff about uh, Private Joe Armstrong as he fights <laughs> to find his past and defeat uh, drug runners and uh, uh, the military <laughs> somewhere, I believe, in the Philippines. So, welcome, Mike. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Murph. And he's trying to find his past, but I think he's also trying to find his future, Andrew. I think he Mr. does Murph. find his – he finds his future with Patricia, his, his the love interest, and our, I think the only woman who is shown in this movie at any point. <laughs> so, well, the, I mean, there were many others who just refused to do it. I seriously, I do think she is the only woman in the movie. I'm joking. No, I, she is. They show the back of one woman's head, like, and she's, and then it's just uh, poorly written and horribly offensive. <laughs> like, eighties. Oh, it's you not mean even eighties female stare. It's no, eighties females. <laughs> like, it's just is this ex- the, the portrayal that women are dumb, can't get themselves out of yeah. situations, and yeah. would would be lost without men seems to be a pretty prevalent theme of okay, <laughs> movies. Like, um, her, her character makes um is it Radong Chan and Commando? Or yes, no, that, no that's uh, yeah. the same. That's the same energy, I think. Uh, no, they make her look like I think it's written by a feminist. Like this is like wildly yeah, it's true. Awful. Because she, like, she can note. at least fly an airplane, and she has some agency at the end, and can do things yeah. and contribute. This is just absolutely helpless. And even when she tries to help Joe, uh, she ends up bringing him back to her house at the end to convince her dad to to bail him out, and. Even that goes wrong. So it's like even just talking to people, she fucks that up in this too. Yeah. So it's really a real par for the course canon canon take on women, which is <laughs> kind of sad, which is also surprising, not surprising why they're not around. Uh, but it, it's very appropriate. As I look at your background of the movie poster, with the giant American flag and Michael Dudikoff attacking Dudikoff. a ninja with a sword. Uh, I think this movie is very appropriate for the, the week of Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> it is very American. Well, it's very I, I canon American. So we're recording this Sunday morning before Thanksgiving. So, I, but people will be listening to it the Friday after. So I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving, and I hope everyone <laughs> remembered to uh, to thank thank the world for Michael Dudikoff while you're giving thanks at at your Thanksgiving uh, dinner table. I'm gonna carve my turkey with, with a katana. It's just a, in honor of this movie. <laughs> and actually, if you look, um, the, the skin tone of Michael Dudikoff in that picture is about the same of a cooked turkey as well. <laughs> so very... Ooh, I hope I can get that with my turkey. It's kind of like the, uh, the nice Dudikoff skin. Yeah, that, that, that weird 80s wrestler tan uh, going on. <laughs> with some bronzer. Oh, yeah. It looks like somebody like rolled him in brown paint brown and orange paint and then just said all right here's a sword go trying to kill this ninja <laughs> although i will say looking at two of the pastiest white people in the world looking at our <laughs> at the zoom call i i wouldn't mind a little more that color <laughs> yeah i don't think i think if i achieve that skin tone there's something wrong with me i probably need to go to the doctor because it's <laughs> yeah. too it's so it's so far out of my norm uh i'm probably yeah, gonna I'm, have a problem i'm on. guessing you're like me you go red back to white <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually closer to the stripe, the red stripes, when I get sunburned uh, on that American flag in this picture than I am uh, Michael Dudikoff's actual skin tone. 
ironically though the facial expression he's making he looks very distant and confused and i would argue that's most of his that's his look <laughs> almost the entire movie <laughs> and i mean he's been i know his his probably most known at this point for all these american ninja movies he did but he's like been in other stuff i mean i don't think anyone's gonna accuse him of being like a great actor but there i mean it does feel like they're directing him to be this stoic at the very least yeah man i, I was actually playing right before we we got on i was trying to look at what he did before <clears throat> before this and then batch of all i like i said last week all i know about him is uh um bachelor party but in the cobra tv show that's crazy i i that i did not know i knew about that only because of you but he was i I forgot he was in tron he was a kind of background character and then he did bachelor party in 84 and then this and that's really to me this is all i know him from yeah this is definitely my i mean Uh, canon his run with cannons basically where i know him from i know he's got i mean a long time of credits um but yeah it's 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 american ninja for me well i I got confused um when i was a kid i i thought he was tom matthews who plays tommy jarvis in in friday the 13th part (laughs) part six um uh, and so I always thought those are the same person until I was probably an adult, and that's not a good, that's not good either. It doesn't speak uh, much to him as a kind of a standout, I guess. I, I kind of wish they were the same person. Uh, I would be pretty cool actually to see the <clears throat> to see the uh, uh, his take against Jason because Tom Matthews brings a lot of energy to uh, to that, but um, I would argue that uh, that uh, uh, Dudikoff is the energy opposite of anybody probably anybody else so uh andrew how how does michael dudikoff lead the much coveted lead role in american ninja how did he get it yeah um everything i read i mean i i I, everything i read kept throwing these crazy numbers imdb and a couple other sites so who knows if the numbers are real but uh it was like apparently there was a 2000 person casting for uh joe armstrong character and then that got whittled down to like 200 and then they got whittled down to five and then dudikoff got it uh and then there's more numbers or there's a 500 person casting the only thing i've seen that is consistent in all of this and it's my favorite part of it is he was cast because he looked like james dean uh he could not do karate (laughs) in a movie that was about somebody whose sole purpose is to do karate uh and apparently he couldn't act that well or at least they're maybe <laughs> i don't know but they, they, they uh, i think uh, i think golem saw him and or, and uh said he looked like james dean and we have to hire him and that was more or less it sounds like how the decision got made is it, it had nothing to do with ability or talent which is also a very can that may be the most canon decision in this movie well no i take that back there's a lot of candidates for that but but yeah no i mean it's a, it's the most canon like production thing of he just like it's it, it, the stuff I read, and it it might not be quite the way, but it's more fun to think of it this way. Is he just like walked into the office, saw like saw a guy there, and he's like, "Hey, that guy looks like James Dean. We have to cast him." And it's like no question of ability or no like re- line readings. No, can he fight or anything? Uh, just he kind of looks like James Dean. He's our guy. Gucci. 
he kind of looks like James Dean melted in the microwave. Like he, yeah, I, I, I see <laughs> like what I he's saying, see but it. it's not like he's a handsome guy, but he's not like uh, setting the world on fire necessarily. Either. Right, and I, I don't feel he looks enough like James Dean to make like it's like oh, I kind of see it, and then you move on to be like yeah, but not quite the actor James Dean was. <laughs> no, not 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 in the least. But I, uh... but yeah, but, so I uh, I had here, tracked here, that down. Here, as well we because uh <laughs> we have we have our we have dudikoff so. i was stunned when i learned he he didn't know had no fighting training before like when he was cast in this and i was like well why the hell did they cast him i, I assumed he was had a martial arts background and that's you know the standard oh he's a little wooden but professional kind of yeah, martial artist basically and chuck no, norris no, chuck Norris's yeah. story or van damme or like, yeah but no it's just <laughs> purely on <laughs> looks I, I I wonder what's the better canon uh, origin story: uh, Van Damme's uh, high kick outside of a restaurant, or hey, that guy's <laughs> handsome, just hire him. <laughs> so I guess he did. Uh, he did start training in martial arts. He did eventually become a black belt. Uh, which he sells it pretty well in this. I, I mean, yeah, he's no, pretty, he's, I, he's pretty athletic, and I think fully I think believe. Like, I mean, watching it, I thought like I assumed that was his background. So yeah, he's obviously very physically capable. Those kicks, oh, those sweet kicks! Yeah, that was all <laughs> him. Sweet motorcycle riding. Uh, uh yeah, that's the. <laughs> I can't wait. To, I forgot about that. Wiki. We can talk about that part too. So, well, so yeah, I, I I alluded to it earlier. I don't know what to tell you. This movie's about because they try and wrap <laughs> about nine th- nine things into a, a an hour and forty minute movie. I think if if it's even that. No, I'm actually. I take it back. It's not even an hour and forty minutes, is it? It's like an uh, hour, hour and a half. I think, yeah, yeah, hour okay. twenty nine, maybe. Right on the, the this is this. So yeah, we we watched perfect. Life Force last week, and that's we talked about was sort of the beginning of the end because it was one of about three or four movies that they did swinging for the fence on the budget that they were trying to really set themselves up as big blockbuster, a um, uh, big blockbuster making uh, uh, studio, but. This is like the bread and butter of canon to me. I think you and I were talking about it as well. It's like this is this is this is like a pitch right across the plate for for canon because <laughs> it's super low budget. It's got uh, questionable stunts. Uh, it has no regard for women, and it has a very con- a confusing and probably well chopped down and edited plot. So I think this is like a involving drugs, involving dr- drugs. And, and a lot of kind of weird right wing American shit. Uh, so it's 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 very it, this is this is a quintessential canon movie. I, th- I think to, in my head, if I had to pick one movie to define what the 1980s were for canon, it's probably like this. <laughs> I can't argue with that. And the funniest part is it can't even really quite stick the right wing politics because it's just, <laughs> even that like it's they're definitely messaging a lot of that but then like the army guys end up being corrupt and involved in the drug stuff as well which felt totally unnecessary that was like a whole yeah anyway i, I it felt like, like that felt kind of like ripped out of the news of the scandals of well i guess at this point like five years previously more so but um, I, I, is that I, more I, in the news now, like the Iran Contra? The Iran Contra. I don't think it happened at this point, but it did have some okay. of those same feelings that that it was it was corruption and somebody's doing it. They thought for probably a greater a greater good. So, <laughs> um, and they've really never um, 
they never really punted. So I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they are just pro military, pro that because they never the movie never punishes the colonel for. Oh no, he gets shot in the stomach. I feel like that's his punishment. Oh okay, that's right. That's right. I forgot. I forgot he does. They ignore the whole part where he probably goes to jail for a long time because he, uh, <laughs> without orders, he 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 raids this guy's compound, kills a bunch of people, and by the way, he was also in on uh, the smuggling and the 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 uh, what is it. The well, he was funneling weapons to these is that what it was? people yeah, okay. in order to because well, he was trying to stop communism from taking over <laughs> in the Philippines, apparently. Yeah, that's right. Uh, good old communism. That's always a pretty good. That's a so you know what? At the end of it, this guy probably will get off. Yeah, I, I, I bet the colonel because he'll be fine. Much all they call him is yeah. Um, and you know why he's a good American? He's got pictures of John fucking Wayne hanging in his house. Like any good American should. That that is one of my favorite things. So you, first, you see his office and giant <laughs> picture of Ronald Reagan behind him. I giant think that's a government thing. I think that is a government. Office you had to thing. have. Uh, I, but I'll give him. I'll give him Ronald Reagan because I think that it's a government office. You had the president the, in the military yeah. office. So yeah, yeah, I think that that's. I think that's normal. But the John Wayne um, thing is. And then, but then you go to his house and it's like John Wayne cowboy hats on the wall. More like he's, he's wearing a bolo tie. Bullshit. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> That guy, there was very a, funny. That he is like one of the weirdest characters to me. And there's a scene when um, they tip that, or they reveal that he's he's working with the ethnically ambiguous Victor Ortega, who is the <laughs> bad guy. And uh, he's wearing pants that are too short, and he stands up, and he and basically, I think he threatens Ortega. He walks around him, and they have a shot where it's just a. Uh, uh, on the left hand side of the screen you have Ortega's face reacting and then you just have the lower half of the colonel and you have this weird blobbous butt and he's got <laughs> tight pants on and he clinches his ass it's all you see is like the main bad guy and this out of shape clenched ass right next to him for about 10 seconds you're just like what, <laughs> like, what the fuck is this framing how did they know I wanted to see this <laughs> so the movie opens with, and uh, so Joe Armstrong Dudikoff uh, doesn't talk for like the first fifteen minutes. Which Not like no, like like literally, it, it is. I mean, that's no you exaggeration. See, you see what they're going for to try to make him like a stoic badass, but the way they do it. So you've not had any introduction to this character. So he's just leaning against a truck and multiple other characters are in the movie are just like they're getting ready to drive a truck convoy <laughs> for the military, like through the jungle. And they're all just like innocuously saying things to like, hey, you ready or like good to go, man, or uh, you're going to be like this generic. Thing. And he just stares at them, refusing to answer. <laughs> it's like, oh, so our hero is either like severely brain damaged or a complete asshole like that's those are the only two conclusions you can draw about this guy <laughs> yeah i think uh it's it's weirdly done because there seems <clears throat> to be no orders in the military until it's convenient for the actual whatever they're showing you on the <laughs> they really do seem to do whatever the hell they want <laughs> like, yeah, yeah and so it's like like the it opened or you to your point the 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 juxtaposition they show is joe is just standing by a truck by himself not talking juxtaposed to like five soldiers playing hacky sack out in front That's of right. the, the, the colonel's sack. office. Like, all right. Guess, guess there's no rules in the army. <laughs> so, I, uh, I love that part. I just, I, 
Yeah, you're right. The, the only reactions or the only things you get that, that try and tell you anything about him are other people talking to him and him not engaging. Yeah. And that's supposed to tell you something that he's like a, a badass. But really, it's your point. It just makes him like an asshole. Right. And you see they're just like cribbing from other movies. But with that, like he should already be like a special forces badass who like is not allowed to talk to other people or is here on his own like secret mission is not supposed to interact or engage. But no, he's just a generic regular soldier who's just well, like being a dick. And you're you're like set up for that is what I thought this was. Like it, I, I'd forgotten. And I'm like, and I looked at the credits. I'm like, he's a private in this. I'm like, I was like, yeah. oh, he's gonna be like a sergeant or a colonel or something because he's special forces. And like, nope. He's been in the military, it seems like two weeks, and then nobody yeah. wants to talk to him. Yeah. So he his backstory <laughs> okay, well, we're getting all over the place here because I, before you go into his backstory, the reason I had a question for you on this opening, <laughs> they take because you're talking about Ortega. There's, you could pick on every single yeah. scene of this movie. It is trying to pull hard. all these threads of how they connect. Of, uh, so they take this military convoy, and it's also, it seems like maybe they have weapons, and they also have the colonel's daughter for some reason um, and are transporting her in a car across, and they get attacked. And every other soldier is going to like stand down, let him take the trucks and be good. That's an, okay. So that is, these are Ortega's men attacking. That's an intentional plan by the Colonel with Ortega of how they're funneling things to Ortega is you attack us. My guys won't fight back. Well, and that master sergeant Ronaldo, who you find is, out the bad guy too, is also yeah. sort of telling all the troops, "Hey, yes, don't, yes. Don't fight I'll back. go on the ra- I'll go on the drive, and then I'll order yeah. them. Everyone stand yeah. down. There's nothing worth like us getting hurt over. We're only yeah. in the military. Like we don't need to fight. <laughs> not, not our job here. Uh, okay, that so it's just very funny in this movie that that opening and all that like. All like lines up with like what the plot's gonna be. I was like, that's not, like, uh, yeah, yeah. You pretty much actually the whole thing gets revealed in the first two five minutes. Uh, but it's like, oh, that's not like a terrible thing of like, oh, like later on, we'll it's like a setup of later on we'll learn. Oh, that's why like this guy was bad, and like so is the colonel. They're all like in on this together. Um, it's weird. Well, I guess that's why the colonel was sending his daughter. He was like, oh, they're just going to take the trucks and the weapons. And like, she's in the car. They'll keep driving along. And it doesn't matter. None of this is real. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I thought that was strange, too. When I started thinking about it, that why would you why would you put her in harm's way if you know? Well, yeah, that was this could happen. It's <laughs> yeah. just a strange choice. Well, um, and obviously a movie choice to get. It's a movie choice. Alone it's... in the woods where she acts like a whiny eight year old with no concept. And she seems like she's in on it on it because she has no concept of this being a threat either. No, she never seems scared other than when they're shooting. Uh, and so spoiler alert, <laughs> she is oh, un- really annoyed. Yeah, she steals a car. She f- immediately flips it <laughs> immediately. Not even like 30 seconds behind the wheel. She and drives it can, into a tree and rolls. You it. can feel Golden Globus elbowing you in the ribs going women drivers. huh? These, these dumb women can't drive. <laughs> we have to crash it. So I think uh, that 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 her I like G- uh, Judy Aronson Aronson who plays uh, Patricia in this. Um, yeah, because she's on um, a uh, Friday the Thirteenth too, right? Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. She plays Samantha, and then she was in Weird Science. And I think she was in a couple other things. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like her. The whole setup they have up between her and Joe in the jungle. So 
to my to your point, long story short, they they have a, a ninjas emerge from palm trees <laughs> to to kill all of the or to to uh, stop the fight between the drug guys and the. Uh, it seems like ninjas are supervising this. Kinda, yeah, because they're just <laughs> like, in the background. Know, they gotta, yeah, like I don't know why they're there, but but the whole the whole you're like so you're like twenty minutes into this, and then Joe Joe and uh, Patricia go into the the jungle and it feels like it's supposed to be that should be like in the end of the second act like that's all going on so they set up with them flirting they set up with them falling in love he does some weird stuff where he cuts up her clothes so she can move better but he does it without talking to her he just starts stabbing at her clothes and it's <laughs> yeah. just like what the fuck it's just weird he, he but, reads like serial killer it's yeah vibe. like <laughs> yeah and like like i think it's supposed it's being portrayed on the screen by by the movie that everything he's doing is just really smart and he's actually like so intelligent that he's already thinking that he she has to move better and they have to be quiet so he's not talking because they don't want the soldiers to find them and it's like just say that don't don't don't, yeah like don't don't have him stabbing and ripping her clothes without telling her what he's doing like that's just it's just the whole thing was weird well then don't have her then fall for him (laughs) yeah like like, yeah no after that Oh, it's sexy. He knows what he's doing, even if it is kind of rapey. <laughs> right. <laughs> you do get uh, they take they take off their clothes to dry, and you do get a nice shot of her uh, checking out that sweet Dudikoff body. They do a weird glamour shot where they just like they cut straight to his abs, <laughs> and they very slowly pan up his chest. It's like, yeah, like he's he's pretty fit, but it's not hey, like that's how I looked at. I, that's that's the shot I'd want. <laughs> I get, but yeah, I, eighty-five, right? What are you, what are you comparing this against? You're you're comparing this against Stallone and Rocky Ford. It's like, I mean, he's super fit, but he's not like it's well, it's not. Yeah, like a, I, it I doesn't his body doesn't look like he's doing steroids. Like, <laughs> yeah, fair. I'm not sure his body warrants the glamour shot. And I'm sorry, uh, Michael Dudikoff. I'm sorry to say uh, that. About you. <laughs> it's just it is funny. It is so funny. It is a funny, very yeah. funny shot. And uh, all right, so well, it's and it goes into the when you talk about this being like such a canon movie, it goes a bit into like the the um, homoeroticism inherent in a lot of the canon action <laughs> movies, where they're glorifying these like oiled up men bodies with like glistening muscles and stuff. That it's uh, oh, don't worry, Jackson gets us all the way there at the end of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, he has he's like a, I love I love that because later on they set him up and they put him in like this uh, tank top and then. He's in a car, and then the next shot you see when he gets out of the car, it's half ripped, and then it gets ripped off completely. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, cool. And it's just the um the in, the inherent like disconnect of oh, it's like these like right wing like or like Amer like supposedly traditional American values where it's like Reagan, John Wayne, glistening man bodies. <laughs> Um, you got to show it. You got to show the masculinity. How are people going to know that they're masculine if you don't show us and they're glistening muscles? The bulging American muscles. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Van Damme's name was the muscles from Brussels, so maybe he got it from Canon. There we go. Well, so all right. The, <laughs> all comes uh, back to Van Damme. Uh, Joe, Joe does eventually save Patricia, who who is set up to be the dumbest person in the world uh, yeah. for the movie. Yeah, other than them kind of starting a romantic relationship that's sort of not that believable, um, she could be an eight-year-old, and like her character would have the same lines and to, like do the same things. <laughs> well, and and that's what I, I had a really hard time with this. But I, well, hard, like, like 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 this is like the 
They're, we're not we're not making Oscar Oscar content here. Um, the thing <laughs> the thing I struggled with by the end of it was when they continue to set the romance up. So Joe is in the military. He's a private. He's only it seems like he's only been in the military for a very short time. They seem to set up Patricia as if she's like still in high school almost. And so it's like my I was like I don't know what age anybody is in this. It's like <laughs> yeah. you could they they look thirty five, but you could argue they're all supposed to be eighteen. The way they're setting up the plot, I, I think Dudikoff was like thirty when they shot this. But but like for to be a private in the military and, and you're thirty, and it was just and like so that doesn't line up well. It's just it's just a weird. Patricia would have been twenty twenty one. That's a big age gap. Yeah, especially well, yeah, like my parents' age gap actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> especially thirty to twenty. Yeah, yeah, that's a maturity. That's a big maturity gap, which is also um, what my parents met too. So I'm gonna. Say, although in fairness, they might be at the same maturity level because the uh, backstory backstory for Joe is so he had a bit of a troubled childhood, uh, and so he's in the military because he got arrested, and his choice was jail or the military, and he chose the military, and that seems to have happened like two months ago. Uh, yeah, feel, exactly. That's like, what I'm like. I don't know where anything is. But prior to this, it sounds like he was an orphan who was like in and out of like um, homes and foster care and stuff. But he was found as a kid on an island and he has had amnesia <laughs> prior to that point. Uh, so, but it's also because he's a man and the backstory of when he's a kid, like let's just say, I don't know, I'll be generous and say he was 12 when they found him. It seems like 10 years has gone by of, well, he can remember all of that. So yeah. Uh, it's like he, I, and I understand, like, I'm sure that'd still be very uh, difficult and hard, but it really, like they really play him as like, he, he doesn't remember anything beyond like six months ago. And other than how to fight well that's that's just ingrained in him mike that th- this is this has one of my favorite setups for for any character's background yeah because they they try they they try to set it up and they immediately come away from it because they're the colonel's reading his uh, dossier and he's like uh, the par- best parents unknown what's his date of birth <laughs> unknown where's he from unknown and it's like well then why even try like just just don't do it. <laughs> and again, with that, like up until that moment, it's all like, oh, like he's such a special forces badass. Like his whole file has been like redacted. Like they, they, yeah. like, they refuse to have any information out there. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah. then they finally make the drop. He was found on an island and has amnesia. <laughs> Which they, they, they do some real bad uh, um, uh, cuts to later on. And it's just him being trained by as a kid. By a uh, oh god, what are they called? It's a Japanese soldier that that refused to believe that World War Two is over. Yeah. yeah, they're not called holdouts, but it was like a. Well, it's it's like he was on the island and like never, like, he never he, they were both lost on the island and like never heard like the war was over. Uh, yeah, yeah. or something. Term, there was a no, it was it was that it was. A I know, yeah, war. I know. What you're talking um, about, and there like, there were quite a few of them in the 70s and 80s that were found. I think maybe even or probably earlier. Like refused too. to believe Japan would ever yeah. surrender. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So it, 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 in their head, the war was still going. World War II was still going. So, I, interesting choice. The irony of it is, they're all on the same fucking island. That's the crazy, <laughs> crazy turn. <laughs> is all this 
Joe's entire life has taken place on this island, potentially. You could argue that. That mm. somehow he was brought back to this <laughs> island. <clears throat> so Right, because the big reveal is that, that Japanese guy his, is there. Shinyuki is uh, uh, is on the island, and he's just a gardener now. It's like, this doesn't make any... Oh, my he's God. A, he's Ortega's gardener, and it seems like he's been waiting for Michael for Joe to, come, to back. come back. Yeah, But... Like the army is a pretty massive organization. The odds, then it seems like he's been working for Ortega for years, assuming yep. Joe was going to come back here. But Joe got arrested <laughs> and forced <laughs> into the military like two months ago. You really had some foresight that in <laughs> the army was going to station him in the Philippines. And like, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I, this, it, it, when you, when you, when you say it like that, it feels like the entire <laughs> back half of this movie is just a happy coincidence. This all worked out. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and spoiler, that's kind of how they treat it. So, so, well, um, I, this brought up this whole scene with uh, Patricia after Patricia and uh, uh, Joe are, are, are rescued, or they re- Joe rescues them, sets up a really fun thing to me because the whole rest of the probably the first and start of the second act is just everybody fucking hates Joe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like. By default, but, everybody's just like treats this guy like shit. And they're all really mad at him that he fought back against these guys and, and got all their friends killed. And but, like four of their friends are killed, and they all think he's just trying to be like a hero with the colonel's daughter and like impress her. And like he was just being a big asshole. <laughs> I know it's like it feels like the exact opposite of what I would expect the military mindset to be. It's it's very yeah. strange. Like, oh, you fought? What a fucking idiot! Why'd you do that? It's like, what do you guys like? It's, I don't know what they, what what their day to day, what their purpose is of being stationed there, and what their day to day is actually supposed to be. You know what's funny? You never see anybody else doing anything other than Joe working on trucks. Everything else is people walking around, doing PT, or going to find Joe, seeing what he's doing. Or driving yeah. a truck. I get like, like that's it. There's, but this there's... used to just be trucking things places. <laughs> Maybe this is how they got the inspiration for Lincoln Hawk for uh for over the top. <laughs> trucking. This movie could just be about trucks. Men and trucks. <laughs> <laughs> the canon way. Kinda. Yeah. But yeah, everybody hates Joe after after that. <clears throat> and they they blame him for it. I think it's uh Sar- uh Master Sergeant Ronaldo, who they already kind of are are messaging is a bad guy he, he he leans in pretty hard on ripping into uh joe armstrong and then uh that seems to uh precipitate all of the other uh all the other gr- uh, grunts going after joe and it ends with a fight between this guy who has a gigantic head um named jackson and joe fighting uh fighting out fighting it out in front of <clears throat> like the the military barracks and it's interesting because I guess uh, Steve James, who plays Jackson, was actually like a trained martial artist and knew karate. And then when they <laughs> did this, Dudikoff was not. And apparently, it's it's funny because the fight scene really shows that because you can see Steve James like really like you could see him like physically really reining himself in a little bit to just not <laughs> like engage yeah. or like really act like he can fight because it's just so Dudikoff can look strong. But uh, yeah. I did enjoy that. <laughs> No, that that is, and this becomes the this becomes the turning point for everybody. After Joe beats, 
uh, Jackson. Well, it seems like uh, everyone else still hates him, but Jackson's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, this guy's all right. Like, and everyone's kind of he's like, come on, guys. Uh, but my favorite part <laughs> of that, the last part that he's routinely like just keeps kicking his ass or throwing him on the ground. And <laughs> Joe puts a bucket on his head <laughs> and just points at it. And it just like points at it. And, <laughs> and he gets Jackson, on his knees. And he gets on his yeah, knees. Yeah. And too. Jackson like takes a stick and then he still like catches the stick or something and like flips him over or like something. And then he's going to like bash him. But the bucket on the head is obviously to like blind him, like in standard cannon move there. <laughs> that's that's going to be a precursor to uh, the Van Damme uh, hot tea scene. But it looks so goddamn goofy and stupid. Like a <laughs> man with a bucket on his head. It's like he does not look like a badass at all. He looks like a moron. Seagal did this movie a bunch in his movies. And again, they did this with Van Damme and, and Bloodsport. And yeah, it, it it makes you seem like a cocky asshole at best. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not a not a good thing. But, Hello. but and it's it's why we like, we probably have such nostalgia for these films because I'm like oh, a, a nine, that's I'm awesome. like a nine year old it probably works <laughs> like yeah yeah because because in my head I'm like oh that guy actually did that they actually tried to hit him with a stick wow he's so skilled like he can I do know. it blind <laughs> like yeah like the same way you I don't know like buy like all kinds of superpowers like <laughs> uh the same way I buy Frank Duke's uh, fastest kick was <laughs> was point yeah. one two seconds it's like but the movie said it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it must be. It's that. That it's that. It's that sort of sweet and innocent belief that anything you're presented is true when you're a kid. It's possible. It's, like, po- yeah. it's possible. I mean, that's what a lot of the a lot of the action for this works because it's just like that. And there, there's a scene later. We'll get to it when Joe tries to escape the uh, the military barracks. That it's like he just hides behind a, like a small wall. <laughs> and like they they treat it like it's this big mystery of like where in this tiny room could he be and it's like Ninja oh he's skills. just behind the fucking wall guy yeah. it's just like oh, okay the, the the wall with the toilet yeah it's he's like the only other structure a, taking a dump room. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so well so all right now and everybody respects well not everybody to your point um at least he, he's made a friend i and actually oh we should touch on this they set up like top gun Goose and Maverick level and and Jackson and uh, Dukes from Bloodsport levels of of like friendship after this between uh, it, Joe and Jackson like, very weird. very reminiscent of Jackson as well from uh, Bloodsport yep. with Dukes uh, of this character Jackson just bringing a lot of like charisma and energy and really selling this friendship and getting like not literally nothing <laughs> but like in in this one he gets like animosity he gets like negative energy back from dudikov and it's like like why are you being friends with this guy i think he smiles at him and then he kind of like lovingly rubs his head and like that was like the extent of affection you kind of get between joe and and jackson so Um, uh so jackson's played by steve james and i just wanted to read a bit of his i'm really curious who wrote this because it's really sad he I think he would have gone on to have a really good, um, solid career, but he died at 41 in 1993 of, I think, a pancreatic cancer. Yeah, that's a brutal one. Um, yeah, but so, it, I, I mean, he's a solid actor. He's got great action skills. I assume he would have, it's in the 90s, continued on uh, to be, but uh, his, so I'm wondering if it's like a family member or something who wrote this, but 
Steve James was often cast in action movies as the hero's sidekick, despite usually being a better actor and fighter than the star. <laughs> yeah, it's not wrong. It's not wrong. And I have to assume that's direct shots at American Ninja. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he, he starred opposite. Um, I, I think he's in one of like he's missing action movies. I can't remember which one, but I thought he was he was in one of those two like, with Chuck Norris and Chuck's pretty Chuck's pretty wooden. So. That wouldn't surprise <laughs> me either. Sorry, keep going. I, I cut you off. No, no. Um, I mean, he's in the American Ninja, but he's also in. Um, oh, he's in the Warriors. That he, that's, yes, that's, that's the text to me, which I thought was pretty um, cool. And then uh, he's in Weekend at Bernie's too. <laughs> I can't feel. Like, I I feel like that's probably not going to be a good portrayal because that's all set in the Caribbean, where everybody just affects a really bad accent. And you know what his last role was in? Oh. Uh, uh, was TV it a Ma- movie Mantis? Mantis, holy <laughs> shit! I got, I got. Well, we know who we have to text after this. Yeah, <laughs> go check it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I like him, and I think. Let's see, was he in? He was in. Yeah, no, he's Delta he's Force. Great. Maybe, maybe that's what. I'm yeah, he was of. in Delta Force. Okay, yeah. and then, but I. Oh, I he mean, was in Weird Science as well. I think was he one of the teachers in that? I uh, he like... was listed as guy at table, uncredited. <laughs> so okay, never mind. So. Yeah. Um, and then he's also into live and die in LA. So he was in some bigger stuff. I think he had some small roles, but then the warriors to me, he was one of the baseball furies, which I thought was always one of the most memorable, uh, gangs in that movie. I, I, I like that. I liked that movie a lot. So, uh, it's a shame that he passed. Cause I, I, I think his family is, or whoever wrote his IMDB credit is not wrong, but no, no, he's, he's, he's often yeah. <laughs> doing a better job. He's recognizing like, Oh, he like if it wasn't for racism, he is probably has is like the lead in one of these movies. And yeah, and he was in a bunch of stuff actually. Yeah, McBain. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> it's a Christopher Walken movie where Christopher Walken looks like he's late, late stage Christopher Walken with the hair. So it's like that. That looks interesting. Uh, so um, while we're doing uh, credits of actors in this, John Lamada, who plays Ronaldo, yeah, uh, was on forty-one episodes of Elf. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like trevor some weird name but it looks like a pretty recurring character who i'm assuming if you're an elf fan you would immediately recognize <laughs> well um i speaking of credits that i want to give a shout out to they sent him up on letterbox as being this really big deal uh i've only seen two movies he's in but the guy who plays the colonel i i'm not sure i'm even going to pronounce his name correctly because it's so crazy but it's it's gooch kook <laughs> uh, yeah i'm not sure and he's from texas but he, he is and i'm looking at a lot of his, a couple of now that, i guess it is a stage name of <laughs> i hope gooch kook it feels like oh no it's a, it says a stage name. yeah you're right it is a stage name it just it feels racist <laughs> well, i don't know why <laughs> i looked at it i thought it was like oh they must have gotten somebody from southeast asia and then I looked at the crowd, I'm like, no, that's the colonel. I'm like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. So, um, yeah, I mean, he was in Piranha. He's in Sugarland Express. This North Dallas 40 feels like a movie he was probably built for. Um, he's in that. So, I don't know. I, I can't. It's a weird name. And he's, he's in other movies <laughs> that are very Texas adjacent. Here's one called Texas Justice. <laughs> then Walker, which... Texas Ranger, was on some sets. <laughs> oh was he yeah that would make sense yeah i mean he's in a couple of movies that look like they're straight to action or straight to straight to video softcore ports so, <laughs> that are all texas themed so i don't know 
So he is wearing a very jaunty uh, handkerchief around his neck in the uh, <laughs> in his headshot, though. So, all right, I took us way off way off track. So, do you want to talk about the the ambush in the warehouse that uh, after after everybody hates hates slash doesn't hate Joe anymore, he gets set up again <laughs> by the colonel uh, to go deliver more arms to an empty warehouse somewhere alone and uh, is, is subsequently attacked. You want to talk about that? Uh, so I think before we get a touch on um, Ortega has a ninja oh, factory. Yeah. I forgot. We haven't even talked about Ortega. Ninja factory is a good term for it. That So it's like right out of like enter the dragon or um, you only live twice. Or Wayne's World like, 1. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, even uh Jim it's just Kata, ninja training grounds of Jim Katal have a moment like this where uh uh oh this gave me uh real Jim Kata vibes <laughs> this whole Jim, movie. It's not Jim Kata, is it? It's Jim Kata, isn't it? I've said Jim Kata for like 20 years because that's what me we too. called it when we were kids, <laughs> but I've been corrected many times. It's Jim Kata. <laughs> Um, okay, well, never mind. That ruined my so I, I, yeah. So I try to do it, but yeah, it's it's still like Jim Kata. Uh, Kata in my mind. Say kata. So it's kata, yeah. because uh, it's the gymnastics kata. Um <laughs> but this said real vibes and man, not not a good side for Michael Dudikoff as an actor when <laughs> you're giving off Kurt Thomas vibes. Uh no, I I'm not I think I still prefer Dudikoff because at least he can do the karate. Everything that uh yeah, Kurt Thomas's better. role yeah. had was predicated on there has to be a pommel horse in the middle of the woods <laughs> or a town square. Otherwise this this falls apart. But I would argue why that that movie is potentially more fun and ridiculous to watch because of the lengths they go to to make try to make it work. Yeah, I mean the market scene like they they like, I, everything is set up in, in service of of trying to make make sense of that again 1985 movie we got to do a series on 1985 i just checked it and uh also released by mgm is the production company so (laughs) mgm it's so weird that uh, they were probably teetering on bankruptcy in the 90s it's amazing (laughs) so uh so ortega has just like a a ninja farm (laughs) where he's just like growing and training ninjas uh but and he's very, very proud. He has the only black star ninja, which apparently means you're a ninja with a black star tattoo on your face outside of Japan. Of uh, that, uh, he's bragging about to his like I guess number one drug customer. I don't know when he's giving him a tour of his, which the tour consists of. Here's my Japanese gardener. <laughs> here's my ninja factory. <laughs> Here's all the exposition you'll need for later. Please, uh, yeah. <laughs> please come by and check it out. Uh, and then Ortega is played by Don Stewart, who is from Nebraska, was on the soap opera Guiding Light for 11 years, uh, and is doing a horrible, we believe, French accent in this movie. <laughs> Dude, I was so confused. It is. At first, I thought Spanish because it's like the canon cliche of like South American Spanish speaking drug lords and then i was like no nah, it seems maybe he's going french and i guess french in the philippines that is kind of makes more sense. likely yeah um, that, that's plausible yeah. but it's it, it really comes and goes in strength and effectiveness this accent well and it, th- it threw me i thought he was french to your, to your point too because i 
his accent reads as is is French, at least on the first time you see him or he's introduced. And then subsequently they say his name is Victor Ortega. And then and then everything else about him is set up as sort of like a Colombian drug cartel <laughs> yeah. member. And, and, but then it's like, but that's not how they're it's weird. I, I think I said it last week and I'll say it again this week. Part of Canon's charm is just everybody is so ethnically am- ambiguous that it almost doesn't matter. It's like, hey, that guy the accent, that guy is the bad guy. It's just that's all you guys need to remember is yeah. anybody who has an accent in this is probably the guy you you don't want to mess with. Yeah, <laughs> anyone who's not like screaming America. <laughs> I liked the uh, I liked the ninja training camp. I th- I thought it was yeah. Oh, those are always fun scenes. And fun. Movies. They <laughs> yeah. look like they're having a good time doing tumbles in the front yard on those trampolines. Um, I and think I liked. The... Well, I, I liked the color coding of all of their uniforms. <laughs> yes. That was my favorite part. Was like, oh, they have the bright yellow ninja gi. They have the 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 bright red one. They have the blue <laughs> one, and it's just like it's like a uh, it's like when Willy Wonka goes up or opens the doors into his factory at the very beginning, and all of a sudden you see all these like uh, bright uh candy f- f- uh, filled trees <laughs> there's the chocolate river it's like that for ninjas for this scene of just like look at all these cool things they're doing and and like they're climbing <laughs> things and cutting things and choking each other out and they're all in very bright interesting colorful uniforms i, I just always makes me laugh so i always picture these guys like get, like after this hard day of training going back this guy being like one day man one day i'm gonna get that red key i'm not gonna be a yellow guy forever you think there's a hierarchy there <laughs> oh there has to be <laughs> <laughs> You did bring up a really good question, though, and it's uh, to show an, an assert dominance in the middle of this uh, black star uh, is is asked to do a demonstration, which ends with him just murdering and choking at slowly choking out one of his own people. You asked the question, what is that? What is the 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 next day in the barracks and the ninja barracks like for those guys? Do you think it's weird? Yeah. How often does this happen? How did you how do you get these guys to buy in so hardcore? what is what is the reaction the first time like so I, i'm just gonna posit like the yellow gee guys at the, at the bottom so like yellow guy comes in he's like all right man here's your stuff like you're gonna start out like you'll work your way up we'll train you you'll, you'll, you'll get there yeah i mean i know it's not great we're working for a violent drug lord to make the world a worse place but uh you know we get to be ninjas so that's pretty good and then hey, uh, go ahead. you're at training the first day at training like uh like one guy has to fight the teacher and he kills him. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what, what am I doing here, man? Like, I would argue this happens once a week because you have to think they only show you one set of buyers from or for Ortega, <laughs> but I'd have to think there's more, more people he's flying out to, uh, to set up and, and, and have as part of this buy because he's buying too many guns for that not to be. <laughs> I also enjoy the world where this is all like a theater demonstration that he didn't actually kill the guy. They've all just are like, all right, we got a guy like the guy from Columbia is coming in today. We got to put on the show to impress him of how uh, badass and awesome we all are. So, like, uh, all like right. Stuntman special for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just the ninja stunt spectacular. Or Ortega's the... ninja stunt spectacular. Give me the people who did Indiana Jones stunt spectacular. Bring him to me. <laughs> And it's like, all right, like, all right, Steve, it's your, it's your day to get like choked out. I think uh, <laughs> and we, uh, we tell the guy you're dead. They introduced, they, they, they messaged pretty hard that Black Star Ninja is going to be um, 
a uh, the, the the main kind of the main showdown in this, and I I, I think I enjoy him the most, uh, just because he is so weird <laughs> and like I, just his moves when they show him later on in the uh, in the when he goes to kill Joe it, when he's in jail, that he's just to me he's he he is the best because I just enjoy how he crouches and runs around how he's attacking people and it's just i don't know it's so weird but uh one thing i did want to say about this movie and i feel like this movie and maybe a few others in the 1980s completely skew what my understanding and perspective of what a ninja is supposed to be <laughs> is yeah. and it's still kind of questionable because if you if you look at this it's uh I, I always kind of understood, you know, Japanese culture with samurai and, and ninja to be very like a, a very highly coveted, very well respected um, trait or, or you know skill, right? Or or, or <laughs> class of warrior. In this, they're just basically guns for hire, and it's, it's like you might as well just call them mercenary. I I, I just I, I think this movie sort of jacks what everybody's understanding of what a ninja is supposed to be is. Not that I have like a good definition of what they should be compared to what canon's portraying them as but it's a very i feel like i feel like this so, movie informed a lot of uh negatively <laughs> what ninjas are so so um, for this is on wikipedia so you know hey take it with a grain of salt <laughs> but uh, a ninja or shinobi was a covert agent or mercenary in feudal japan the functions of a ninja included reconnaissance espionage infiltration deception ambush bodyguarding and their fighting skills and martial arts including ninjutsu their covert methods of waging irregular warfare which seems dishonorable and beneath the honor of the samurai. So not not okay. Never mind. Actually, on brand. kind of what they're doing here. On brand. I, I was wrong. I was wrong. Um, I think they're really taking that though and like running with it to like a very extreme place. Oh, by um, making them like uh, yeah surrogates for for drug runners. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I, so Black Star Ninja, uh, and that's literally like what he's credited as. Doesn't know, doesn't, des- doesn't no, deserve a name. No real uh, name. Uh, what what? So what do you think he's getting paid by Ortega? Um, I don't think he is being paid. I feel like he's just enjoying this. That's kind of what it's like. It <laughs> so seems like he's, he's just like, like bought into like this Ortega guy will let me do all this ninja shit. Yeah, he's like I get to do a bunch of ninja shit. I get to kill one of my trainees at least once a week. Yeah, <laughs> and I get to hang out on this beautiful uh, uh, mansion that overlooks a cliff, uh, overlooks these the the ocean in the Philippines. I'm like, I feel like he's got a, a good enough setup that, hey, why why, why mess with it? Yeah, <laughs> and I get to get chauffeured around in my in my full ninja gi uh, or garb to to go do my covert stuff in a Mercedes. That was yeah, my other like, favorite part. I don't have to strap on a uniform and like go to McDonald's and flip burgers. Like, yeah, I get to be a ninja. It's worth it. <laughs> Yeah, like, like I guess that's a good question. Like if you're if you're a ninja, what what are your other career paths? Like did something <laughs> just go wrong or is this just an act of choice you made? And I, I guess like yeah, I guess if you're choosing to be a ninja, like by definition, like you're probably gonna end up working for bad guys. So you, like you've kind of it's probably like built into the choice you've made already. <laughs> I yeah. Yeah. Especially in like nineteen eighty. Like <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what I would see. Um, uh, Black Star doing otherwise, and I, I, I'm kind of at a loss. Like, what? Else? I mean, damn, I don't know. Yeah, 
maybe this is sad now because it feels like this might be his only alternative is is to just working be a, for Ortega. Like, go home every day, sitting in the bed. Oh, I can't believe I'm doing this shit. Like, like <laughs> I hate this. Yeah, he, like yeah. secretly, he actually regrets everything he's doing. I had to kill a guy again today in training. Like, <laughs> I didn't want to do it, but he made me do it for the Colombians. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, which I, I do, ninja. I do enjoy the uh, the compound. That... Although they really do portray him as loving this shit. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he, I think he, I think he does enjoy it because I, I the whole part where uh, uh, Joe after he gets ambushed again. Yeah, so I, I mean, this all started with you asking me about the ambush. Well, we, we, we could skip ahead. There's so much more to talk about. I think the, the last thirty minutes of this movie are so insane. Like we can just go straight to that. But yeah, I mean, so Joe. Long story short, Joe. Joe gets uh, attacked again by ninjas because he's set up by uh, Master Sergeant Ronaldo. He of course defeats them and escapes and gets back to back onto base for like the fourth time. Oh, we didn't even talk about the motorcycle jump. Oh man, yeah. we got to talk about that. Um, uh, and. Uh, he gets thrown basically in jail because he's going to be uh, court-martialed. And but again, uh, it's the the bizarre plot lines of this movie that actually tie together and then do not at all at other times. Don't. Yeah. Of okay, we got to set up. He takes the truck to this ambush, but the sergeant guy is like sets that up and then when he comes back he's like oh you lost the expensive military truck in jail for you and like that's how we're gonna get him now and it's like all like rolled into it like together it's like okay you thought out some of these plot lines <laughs> I mean, you didn't go about 10 but seconds then further. there are other ones that like <laughs> you gave zero thought to <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's very funny i uh, uh yeah i i, I I, I like the, the the idea that they, they put him in jail. A lot of this had like a Metal Gear Solid vibe to me, like the escape from jail stuff, and then the <laughs> stuff he's doing where he's sneaking around or taking. You're right. Um, it's very like, um, very solid snake. Uh, and they don't. They both don't talk much. So maybe, maybe, God, it's it's so weird to think that like this and uh, what was the other movie? Um, that it was another something I thought we'd already covered it. That it was like a heavy influence on Metal Gear Solid. Oh, it was Escape from New York, and this and something else were like big influences on uh, <laughs> on Metal Gear Solid. So, uh, but anyway, so I, I like the build to uh, Black Star Ninja breaking into the U.S. military base and then going to kill. Uh, and I would actually argue Joe is responsible for killing or letting somebody die in this scene. Oh uh, yeah, you don't need to argue it. <laughs> yeah. You just say it. Uh, <laughs> it's Black true. Star, Black Star Ninja breaks into the jail. He he defeats or beats up two uh, two guards, and then when one of the guards goes into, um, uh, or no, Black Star Ninja breaks into Joe's cell, and they make it this big reveal, like, oh, he's not in his room. But then you see this slow reveal that he's actually hiding behind the only other structure, <laughs> which is like a wall for the toilet. And he's just like, yeah, what, and, he's like, and he's like a big guy, so he's like crouched down. Like, I know, really, like, they didn't pay that off. Badass like, position, kept, or like, I kept thinking, like, oh, they're gonna do this cool reveal where he's up in the ceiling, like, he's positioned yes. himself up on the like, yes. like, he's he's managed to like hold himself up. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. He's gonna drop down on Black Star Ninja. No, he's just hiding behind the fucking toilet, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, the most, like 
<laughs> it's so funny. It's I wonder a... if that was their intent to do that, and they like maybe like couldn't get him up in the ceiling or something, or like he couldn't hold himself up. Or... I don't know. It just it, it felt like such a it was primed for them to do that, yes. and then it's like the one choice. I'm like, that's gonna be cool, and then they just don't do it. It's, and it's something like... movies have been doing for like 20 years up to this point. It's oh, not more. Like, it's not more. like a like like new concept to do this. Like, no. yeah. But, Sean Connery did it in Gold, Goldfinger, and that right. was over twenty years before this. And it's like Jesus, like you guys couldn't even thought that far ahead. <laughs> and so that that anyway, um, uh, Black Star Ninja goes in, and then a guard comes in, and he Black Star Ninja goes to kill the guard, and Joe does nothing to stop him, and he just takes the opportunity just... to run away. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, that was fun, and then and then they spend the rest of the 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 scene with Joe Joe and Black Star Ninja fighting on the tops of military vehicles and tanks and then uh the military police go to intercept Joe and they see Black Star Ninja shoot at him he throws a ninja star from conservatively 100 yards away <laughs> and still tags a guy in the head kills him and then uh they still blame the whole thing on Joe and they say that that he was the one who broke out of jail. He's the one who killed everybody, and he's the one who's throwing ninja stars uh, at the MPs. And then that sets up kind of the third act of uh, Patricia and Jackson break, basically break him out of the the base. And then yeah. I, I think that that sort of kicks off the the final thirty minutes. Yeah, you find really find out definitively the colonel's in on this, but now he's having second thoughts about uh, funneling these weapons to this guy to try to stop communism so he like wants them back and Ortega's like uh dude I'm a evil drug dealer I'm not giving you the weapons back like what are you like I'm not stopping anything here yeah I feel like the this went the best possible way it could have for this colonel everything else any other scenario he probably should have just been murdered <laughs> yeah yeah actually I, I would have um I guess you gotta have the army, colonel, no, nah, the army still could have come in to save the day to help uh, Joe at the end. I think that Ortega should have shot the colonel in their their showdown at Ortega at uh, the colonel's I, house. I, I agree. I think that makes more sense for the third for the third act. Is you kill him, you take Patricia because he still has the sergeant in his pocket, Ortega, yeah. who's like yeah. kind of like the next in command. So I think and he's still good to get what he wants. Um, and the then it makes out it, of the way. It seemed like uh, Jackson is. More going out on a brand, on a limb to save Joe at the end, and everybody else is kind of turned and are in his favor. So, yeah, it's a weird, it's a very unnecessary setup. The whole colonel so, thing is very unnecessary, frankly. So, so if, I, if my memory serves right, Joe's going to infiltrate Ortega's compound to save Patricia. Yes. While doing so, he encounters Shinyuki and gets yeah. All the it's in the middle of infiltrating this. We pause to get the backstory of Joe, all him reconnecting with Shinyuki, and it's like, what is happening? Why is this happening right now in the movie? Yeah, also, you... why did he need to have amnesia? Why did he need to have forgotten any of this? What purpose does it serve? Uh, none, because they, 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 all of a sudden they reveal that... Just have him have been trained as a kid by this Japanese guy. Yeah. Well, I, I think that was the one thing they were smart about with uh, with Bloodsport. 
is they they took all of the exposition they needed, like like a normal story. They take the exposition they needed for that stuff and they put it at the front of the movie. And here it's weird because it, it's like a real bump for the third act. On your all right, you're building this big action sequence, and he happens to meet the gardener, who happens to have been his trainer, who raised him as an orphan because his parents were killed. They don't explain why. I don't think. And then, no. due to due, due to like some land development with them something getting blown up. They basically show a kid getting blown up, and that's supposed to be Joe Armstrong as a kid, and that's how they get separated. And and but like, I would almost wonder. I think that the Shinyoki's backstory of like, okay, this guy who thought the World War II was still happening, and he's training this American child, just goes to become a gardener. Like, what's that guy's fucking story? Like, I want to hear that right. background <laughs> for a drug lord. <laughs> yeah, like. Uh, on maybe the same island that him and Joe were living on 20 years ago. Like, it's just, it seems like, well, cause it seems like Ortega kind of portrays it as like, yeah, I bought this land and this Japanese guy was just here. So I made him the gardener. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> he's like, he did uh, an awesome job. Like, which could be the plot. I mean, that, that, that could be, that, that could be the whole setup for that. That's you're right. Yeah. I mean, why not? But yeah, it's, it's such a strange because, well, it's played strange. Maybe, Maybe they could have done a better job paying it off, but all I can remember was uh, that they set up at the reveal that Joe is, has actually met the guy who trained him. His amnesia begins to fade, <laughs> and he is non. That's, that's how amnesia one hundred percent works. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is nonplussed. Like he is not. <laughs> there's no emotion. There is no reaction. There's no shock nothing about like oh my god i've just met the guy who trained me oh my god i figured out my my background he's just uh, like uh, okay <laughs> all right cool and then he's like here's your new weapons he's like all right cool due to cop in this movie all i can picture is the director being like no reaction no reaction don't know you're don't stoic. do it you're don't stoic. Do it. okay cut badass <laughs> don't do anything and, and then if you're, you sure we don't want another take where i'd react to like a tiny bit <laughs> I like I like what they set up, but it's also like the, the way the premise is he breaks in after all this other stuff has gone gone bad. He's going to get blamed for killing uh, Sergeant Ronaldo because Ronaldo's chasing him in a Jeep and then a Jeep, a low speed Jeep chase. Uh, Ronaldo's <laughs> yeah. Jeep goes off the road and hits a tree and explode. Like, it explodes. Like, in a ball like, explodes like something from The Simpsons, where it's making yeah. fun of like explosions in movies. Where like <laughs> this Jeep like kind of like rolls a little bit down a hill, or just like drives down a hill. It doesn't like, even like roll. Yeah, it, it like rolls on all four wheels down the hill and then smacks into a tree and explodes. And then it's like the Jeep was made of C four. <laughs> it was. That was in the, in the Philippines. That was a military issue with C four Jeeps. C four, yeah. <laughs> For Canon Films, it was. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's such a strange feeling because they set up all that where the stakes feel really high, even for this movie, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Hold on, we got to give you all of Joe's backstory in about yeah. five minutes. <laughs> we got to we got to figure this whole thing out." And it it doesn't so like Bloodsport. We we talked about a lot where it's a little like cheesy, a little like obvious, but like the backstory. Is setups for some payoffs later in the movie. And I wouldn't say they, they're well constructed in the script, but like they're trying. They're like there's a reason for these things that will later matter for the character. I don't think anything of the Joe's backstory matters other than this. Oh, this is the guy who trained him. <laughs> but like no, nothing I... pays off in 
moves or like knowledge I, or I think it's actually more interesting if you leave him as an somewhat anonymous. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. What if we never find out like how he knew this stuff? Yeah, I think and I think you keep like, it as an interesting character. Yeah. Or you get like little like or the brief glimpses you get of oh, he was trained as a kid by but you don't get yeah, yeah, you get like you don't get the goofy explosion. Yeah, when he's the kid, I can think knocks him off. Like, yeah, like this pay that, weird pay that developer off in the guy. Third movie, don't do it in the first one. Yeah, and and, and, and it feels like such a, a throwaway at the end. Um, it feels like because they just do it and they do it in probably five minutes or less of, of screen time, and it, it's just like, well, okay. And it's really the only setup it pays off for is okay. He gets some new cool weapons that we haven't seen yet. He gets some size and he gets some claw <laughs> things yeah. and. Oh, you know, that's, I, awesome. I, that's what I want to talk. I want to talk about the fucking ninja weapons in the third act because they had some stuff I've never seen, and people are <laughs> yeah. physically disappearing. Actually, disappearing. Yes, that's right. Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot about, like, about yes. the supernatural element of these ninjas. It's like all of a sudden these ninjas just disappear at will, uh, and then they have lasers. <laughs> that's right. Oh my god, <laughs> lasers! It's like a laser explosion cannon or something. Like it's yeah. Like some are kind of like standard issue. Like you talk about like claw thing, size and stuff. We're like, okay, the ninja stars, like we've seen that stuff. And then it's these like wild technology things. <laughs> I, I did I it, it, it confused me. I mean the third I like the setup for the third act is though I, I will admit I don't I think Joe is kind of dumb to do it this way, but the third act is or the well sorry, the final sort of battle is a setup of the morning after all this stuff has gone off the rails he's still within the compound he's been trained again in the course of somewhere between 45 minutes and five hours of of the night he's been trained (laughs) (laughs) in these weapons he's wearing a full black uh uh, ninja outfit and he shoots an arrow at ortega who black star ninja i think catches it out of the air yeah and which is like oh that's pretty cool i like that yeah that was cool i'm always Um, up for some arrow catching (laughs) But he reveals himself to all of the back. <laughs> and they just keep saying it's the American. It's the American. So, What's really funny about it is, I guess that's why Chuck Norris didn't want to do the movie because he didn't want to cover his face up. But it's so non-essential and so barely in the movie that he covers his face up. <laughs> well, and I'm, if you look at, I, I saw that too. And I, I also think if you look at, Chuck Norris's credits around that time, he was cranking out movies. I could also see him just saying, like, I need to just take a break. <laughs> well, and that also potentially sounds like I'm gonna pass on this movie and like this is a nice way I to do it. I don't want to be like, oh, this looks really shitty. <laughs> and just be like, oh, like, I'm a star. I don't want to cover my face up. It's like a nice way of like being, it's me, it's not you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I I could I could see that too. I think yeah. um I I wonder if this is a different movie. If you did make this a Chuck Norris vehicle, if this becomes a much more, I, I bet this gets a bigger budget, and I bet this gets uh, a more interesting premise. But in '85, I mean, damn, in '85 and '86, he does one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He does seven movies in three years. Damn. That's a lot. Yeah, so it's like he wow. between '83 and and um 86 i'm like he is that's he's hardcore so about four years actually about four years but still like he he was working and he's doing missing in action uh in 85 as well or missing in action two 
So if he was still shooting those around that same time, I could see that being a. All right, I've spent probably six months in the Philippines or or, or Thailand or whatever. I'm probably ready <laughs> yeah, to I don't want to go back home. I don't want to spend more time. And also, I'd argue Norris is too old for that. The the kind of the way this is set up at that point. Unless oh, they'd be much too old. They would definitely need to. Yeah. So adjust that back yeah 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 well i don't think that i, I don't know why I, sorry it was like a weird like no they wouldn't have changed anything it would have been exactly the same movie with, with <laughs> just chuck chuck norris. Like, i don't know why I, like, why you like why they no it's can't no. canon it'd just be chuck yeah. norris in it um yeah actually yeah. oddly van damme was probably the right age just about yeah to be do, to do this movie um i think they get him and um oh man what is it uh no no surrender no retreat or something like that i think they get him like two years later (laughs) but um but yeah i i it's a fun setup at the end that okay the the stakes are everybody all the cards on the table now we know that the buyers are flying in to meet ortega to to buy these guns and then dudikoff reveals himself and what is uh shinyuki doing at this whole at this point because he's just in a in a ninja outfit too yeah i'm not i'm not i have no idea i'll be honest <laughs> like i'm not sure what happens to him after yeah well, like uh, there's a lot going on and some of it it all feels vaguely like actiony meaningless but <laughs> <laughs> and then like think people ninjas start like disappearing at, at will yeah that's um, that's um, fun i do like uh, that, that he walks out on the deck of his like Japanese pagoda inside a compound that looks like a like a Spanish uh hacienda uh <laughs> overlooking the water in the Philippines. That was my favorite part was there's like it's like a theme park. They're like, well, over here is gonna be the bad guy here, and that's gonna look like a yeah, Colombian yeah. drug lord's house. But over here is where the ninjas live, and that's gonna kind of nice. look like it's a Japanese themed area. So yeah. it's like it's just the the juxtaposition of like the set none of the sets make make sense together as a whole <laughs> when you actually start thinking about it. Uh, so <laughs> I love uh Jackson in this end scene. He comes with like the whole military coming, but Jackson is like full on badass. Um, it, it's like he took either a bunch of cocaine or steroids and he's like, all right, let's go. <laughs> let's he's go. firing guns, killing guys, nut grabbing people. <laughs> <laughs> that he gets to shoot a giant rocket launcher at a helicopter. Like he almost like he does kind of get the hero moments in the end a little bit that you normally see in like a Schwarzenegger kind of movie. Yeah. Like he's actually Schwarzenegger at the end of Commando. <laughs> Just there's, <laughs> yeah, also yeah, ninja, yeah, yeah. there's also a ninja movie being made on the side. <laughs> like Yeah, instead of being there to save his daughter, he's, in there, the way. he's there to save <laughs> his buddy he owes, he's known for yeah. ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I I I do I do like a lot of the, the final fight. I think uh, it's funny because they have this big showdown while everybody else is just shooting each other. Well, they, actually, I'll say this. this is my favorite part of, of all of this. The buyers for, for Ortega's guns have landed and they're all just sitting at a table and they're all just sort of quietly observing all of these ninjas and people fighting <laughs> each other and they're just not reacting. You're just like... <laughs> It's like they're not even normal. in the same. It's either yeah. like this is normal or they're not even in the same movie. Like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know which way it could go. It could go both ways. But they're just like, okay, cool. So when the ninjas are done fighting, we're gonna pay you a couple million dollars. You give us a bunch of guns, right? And it's like, yep, <laughs> okay, cool, got it. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're good. 
Keep going. It's Fight like Ortega's is like, oh, sorry, I got this fucking guy. We kidnapped <laughs> this girl he likes, so he's trying. But the ninjas will take care of him. Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. They treat it like somebody broke the toilet. They're like, look, <laughs> give it a minute. We're gonna get it taken care of, and then we'll go about our normal business. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I know it's a I know it's a nuisance, but <laughs> we're we're working on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is where they uh they begin to introduce. I think it's it it's Chinyoki. Uh, he sees that I think. Um, Joe Armstrong's about to be killed by another ninja and they show him and I remember just being floored because they show him stand and he kind of freezes and then he screen fades away <laughs> and then a smoke bomb goes off and he reappears and this is in the middle of the day <laughs> like bright sunny day and he just reappears in front of Joe and I think he takes like a knife or something like that in lieu of or to protect uh, Joe and it's just like holy shit they can actually like, teleport and yeah. they can disappear <laughs> Which is one of my favorite parts of the movie is the ninjas oh like to when they're when they're not in training when they're out like on a mission or whatever or Joe's attacking they all wear complete black, which ninjas wear black because they're trying to be stealthy at night. Yep, not daytime in the jungle or at a dude like I, I assume they have like other stealth moves they would do other than black in full daylight in the middle of like an open field like uh it's just hilarious stuff like uh, it, it seems like they're smart enough that they should be adapting themselves a little bit better than than yeah and i they they do this earlier they when when michael dudikoff's character breaks in during the day into uh ortiga's compound I laugh because they have this. It's just like a throwaway shot of a truck pulling up to like this massive warehouse that's on Ortega's property, and they have like three ninjas that are standing in full black um, outfits with swords, and they're just like casually. Hang- they're not like on guard duty. They're just like <laughs> casually hanging out in full ninja gear. Casual like, ninjas. I was like, yeah. <laughs> was like, Ooh, that might be. I, I think that's gonna be my new look, ninja casual. <laughs> ninja casual. All right, yeah. you're gonna need like the uh, definitely gonna need the the shoes with the. Um, uh, the the big thong thong foot style thing. Oh I've yeah yeah yeah. Fuck that up. <laughs> um, but yeah, you should definitely do ninja casual. I feel like it's yeah. gonna be perfect for the winter, but probably a little too hot for uh, for the summer. <laughs> so, but ending here, my favorite part is how conveniently everything works out. But the, and there's a moment where you're like, like they're going to kill each other like this is that's what's going to happen so yeah. there's a helicopter that the drug dealers are trying to escape on and then ortega uh shoots them and he's going to escape on and he takes patricia um he's kind of using her as like a human shield and so so the helicopter lifts off and dudikoff runs and like grabs on to the railing and then is like trying to climb up and in a pretty good stunt he and ortega are kind of like fighting both hanging on to this helicopter um, off of it. And they definitely shoot it in a way where it's like, oh, the ground's They're three probably feet like ground. a mat <laughs> four feet below them. I'm like, but it's still like, you know, it's still effective and it works. It looks like they're in the sky. Like, uh, but it's like, oh, wow, that's a pretty good stunt for this movie. But then <laughs> Joe is trying to grab Patricia out of the helicopter. So they've posited that this helicopter has pulled off and it just should be an impressive stunt where they're way up in the air battling like this. But then Joe's trying to pull Patricia out like they're going to jump out. 
It's like, what, what's your end game here, Joe? You both die. Um, and then meanwhile, you get Jackson with a rocket launcher lining up this helicopter with his two friends on it. And it's like, is, is Jackson just going to shoot him? <laughs> like, is he going to blow up? It's, it's like, there's a moment where it's like, Someone's if, dying if, here. If one, one person our... misses a step, this whole thing yeah. goes horribly wrong. Uh, but then you get a wider shot, and the helicopter has conveniently flown directly over Ortega's house <laughs> with like four feet of clearance from the roof. Uh, and, and it's weird because he has these roof colored pads that are also all over his yeah, roof. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the roof's a nice kind of rusted red and, and conveniently has a massive rusted red pad sitting on the roof that uh, Patricia and uh, Joe are able to jump off and land on. Uh, and it's it's so glaring that the pad is there. It's very funny. You see um, it like flex up, like when they hit yeah. it, you can see it like curl in, <laughs> re- responding to their, their their body weight. You're like, oh, okay, that, that doesn't look so good. <laughs> and so this convenient path the helicopter pilot has taken directly over the, the roof pad <laughs> allows yeah. them to escape. And then he uh, moves conveniently far enough away where now Jax can take the shot with a rocket launcher. <laughs> I uh I I like that uh this is based the, the whole ending is based on stinger missiles because that was one of my notes was that that uh stinger missiles which were notorious I think the reason why is they were notorious because they were a surface to air missile that was shoulder fired surface to air missile that was uh used heavily by the Afghans against the Soviets in the 80s and it was it was a US supply weapon and that that is like the de facto weapon of choice for for any kind of conflicts in in the 1980s. It's in this. It's in License to Kill, and it's just it cracked me up that they're like that. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jackson's able to just uh, throw open a box and be like, "Okay, Stinger missile, great, unfold this and kill a bunch of people." <laughs> it's like that was just like way too easy. Oh, but you buy it. Like that's what I love about Steve James, and as he brings a lot of credibility to that stuff, where he seems like an action hero. So, like you buy him doing this, and he seems he's just overqualified as like the sidekick. I have way more faith oh, in he him, is. yeah, than he, Dudikoff. He is because you're right. Like he he does bring all of the energy and all of the sort of competency in this. At the end, it does feel like uh, Dudikoff. Like they do a bad job setting it up. I think you only see. Uh, Patricia and Joe jump out of the helicopter when they revealed that it's over the roof. But like, if you kind of watch it building up to that point, you're like, shit, is he going to just jump into the ocean? That's like, it really looks below? like they're going to take a hundred foot plunge. Or yeah, something. It's like, I don't sh- know how this is going to go. It seems like a yeah. bad idea. <laughs> but, and then like, you're wondering is like, is he going to have some like ninja skill where he's able to like oh, he rope to onto something? Or they like, Oh no, they're just a pad in the roof. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think that is my uh, winner for the most canon moment uh, of the combination of a pretty cool stunt on the helicopter um, and just the presence of a helicopter itself is very canon uh, combined with a really lazy cheesy, obviously seeing like a stunt stuff of, and like the next moment of the combination of good canon action with bad canon action. Mm, yeah that's uh in the moment where you think they might just both jump out and die and that could be the end of the movie <laughs> i would believe it <laughs> i i go back and forth on the most canon moment moments for me uh, part of it is the uh the whole setup of ronaldo's truck blowing up because it's so <laughs> yeah it's that's so a great one. bad 
I'm going to go with the very end of the movie where it just ends with uh, Joe Armstrong standing silently uh, on the roof of this compound where he's just helped kill a bunch of people. And okay. So they show the bad guys dead and then that's it. And he's just standing there. He's just <laughs> staring and everybody doesn't say anything. There's no, like there's no punctuation on the movie. And it's, it's like blood sport in the same way. It's like, uh, it's like, all right, I have this big, big action movie. They do these final fight or these final action scenes. And then it's like, okay, that's it. We're done. And so it's, it's just weird. It's like, all right, wrap it up. Let's go. And is it like a 75% chance uh, Joe and Jackson are still court-martialed? Court-martialed and definitely going to Fort Leavenworth or something like that. Yeah. If not being just murdered in the Philippines or something like that. So <laughs> it's it's just so, that's such a canon thing of like, it feels like they're like, almost you might as well roll out Golden Globus. They might as well come out and say, all right. We're done. That's the movie. Get out of the theater. <laughs> and, it, and it's this notion that like actions have no consequences. <laughs> they, there Kinda. will be no bad consequences from anything that happened here. <laughs> kind of. Everyone's happy. Bad guy's yeah. dead. We did it. <laughs> I guess you could argue this is kind of like a Batman Begins uh, uh, of the American Ninja because he does. <laughs> yeah, I guess earn... we will find out what happens next for them. There's a... <laughs> he, he does earn that moniker kind of at the end of this is they, they, they're referring to him as the American and, and it feels like he's he's ascended to that to that title now but uh but yeah that was my most canon moment i think was the the just complete non-ending or non um uh uh what do you call it is it uh epilogue yeah i fucked that up no that'd be the ending epilogue yeah. <laughs> yeah, epilogue to the whole movie it's just like <laughs> yeah or like the lack of an epilogue or like yeah yeah and so i, I just think that uh uh that's that to me is such a canon moment and again it's funny to watch this in the same year i think you said it like i can't wait to see what these two look like together between life force and then this and life force is such a big you know blockbustery ending it doesn't always work but it's still like at least they're giving you something here it's just like all right we're done it's like yeah. uh looks like i uh it looks like it's 11 a.m. and he's killed all these people. And it's like the actual epilogue to this is just going to be uh, a procedural of people having to clean up all these bodies. And then they're going to have to figure out what the hell they're going to do with 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 uh, Joe. Yeah. So my other contender for canon moment um, was the motorcycle jump. Oh, we didn't talk about that. Oh, man. Uh, so Jackson has a motorcycle and Joe borrows it. And he's, he's like, how are you going to get up the base? And they message how important this motorcycle is to Jackson a lot. <laughs> like, it's like his life. So, and, and Joe's just like, watch me. And he drives up this, like, conveniently laid ramp of garbage or, like, <laughs> mi- military material or I don't know what it is. But it's a convenient ramp that drives him right over the wall. And then and it's like a slow-mo stunt where the hell the um motorcycle goes over the wall and lands it's like well that did a lot of damage to the motorcycle and then it's obviously a stunt driver and the stunt driver still like bashes his head into like the front of the motorcycle from doing this stunt that looked painful <laughs> and it's it like so painful they spent, the, they spent the money to do this one time and we get to see that one time <laughs> and, the, and the stunt guy had no helmet on either right no that's what uh, i feel the which worst is, for is yeah. like like you don't you could have just put a helmet on him like you didn't have to do it that way <laughs> right that's so it'd be so easy to but but yeah and it's like what a waste to like hurt yourself in this movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty canon 
It's like uh, unnecessarily yes. hurting or doing something wrong to somebody for, just for the sake of a, a shot that doesn't really pay off in any way, shape, or form. And it, like, still doesn't, it still doesn't make any sense. Like, all right, he's trying to break out of the base. Okay, he, he rides a motorcycle over the fucking wall and escapes, but it's like, well, how do you get back into the base? Like, you have to come right. back at some point with the motorcycle. And he shows back up. He's like, yeah, you're in trouble now. You went like AWOL. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, these guys got to have a point. Like you, can't, like, you can't just do that. I feel bad for Jackson because it's like, uh, hey, this is motorcycle. It's super important to me. Oh, cool. Hey, it's great that we just became friends. I'm going to fucking destroy your motorcycle. <laughs> Watch <laughs> this. I'd be pissed. This is how I remember, uh, like freshman year of college, people becoming friends and then not being friends anymore. Oh yeah, when, dorm, like, dorm it'd stuff. Be, it would be like the first month, and like someone would borrow somebody's car and like um, bring it back with like no gas in it, and be like, "Well, that guy's not my friend anymore because he's obviously a selfish ass." <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good proxy for it. Um, yeah, that's a pretty good moment. I, I wish we talked about it. it. It just, it's just so out in left field. It, it felt like. They were they were walking around set and they're like we got to do something because it's too yeah much, we need a stud too much like, dialogue we need a, like, yeah, yeah. Like, we got to have some action that's why it's so canon it's like a shoehorned in stunt that really doesn't look that great <laughs> no and I I didn't take enough time to slow it down but apparently if you watch the the part where he actually is in the air and lands it it's very obviously just a dirt bike with like a bad mock up oh, of, really? of what Jackson's <laughs> the motorcycle bike actually look like so it's like. Oh, even the, even better. Even the effects of it don't really, really even hold up that well. And I just feel bad for the stunt guy. Like that's that's an awful. That looked awful. I thought I thought the guy broke his hip or something, but it looks like he, I guess you said he smashed his face into the the windshield. Yeah, yeah, it looked unpleasant. That's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty good canon moment too. Yeah, unnecessary stunts to get people hurt and don't really pay off for anything. <laughs> Right, are you ready to uh, put Carl Weathers in this movie? Uh, I think I am. I would. I don't feel like it's a good one. I would. I would make him either the Colonel or I would make him Ortega because there's no. There Ortega, there, there is no payoff of him, of him at all. Like they kind of set him up as, they set him up a couple weird times. Like they show him shirtless and he's got a pretty good body. Like he looks like he's pretty jacked. And he's eating with my favorite part, my favorite choice in this. He's eating uh, fresh fruit with just a knife and he's just stabbing it and eating it. And so you kind of think, okay, there's going to be some sort of showdown with um, Ortega and Joe. Never happens. <laughs> and it, it ends up just Jackson kills him with the helicopter rocket thing. So I think I'd put Carl Weathers in, in this and I would probably downplay the Black Star fight and, and put Ortega into a fight with Joe Armstrong where it's got some stakes. So I, I like I'm that. making, I'm making, uh, 1985 Apollo Creed and Rocky Four the bad guy <laughs> in this because he he actually would have enough physical presence. I think yeah. he's he's about the same height as Dudikoff, so it would actually be like a pretty good pretty good matchup. Yeah, that's funny. I I was gonna do Ortega as well. Uh, Great, for the it is I just it I just think done. that uh, the charm and charisma would add a lot to that character. It would make it more believable. The, the Ortega in this is like so sinister of like that's just the note that he has. No, he, that, he's just he just mustache twirls a lot. That's all he does. Yeah. And so but um with Carl Weathers, I would buy like the colonel having like gone along with a plan of his yeah. or something, and then being like, Oh, that ended up being a really dumb idea, but like this guy's <laughs> actually not like a good guy. But you'd buy like they oh, they became friends. So this guy's like super charming and charismatic. Um 
Yep. That's, that's I, I, that, I love Ortega. And, and none of that actually happened. <laughs> no. no. Uh, uh, as always, Canon seems to take a choice, the, the high road of a choice that is never quite what you want it to be. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, I was going to say one more thing of uh, a Canon moment of kind of outside the movie. Um, and this will be related to the day of uh, 1 million budget, 10 million box office. Yeah. Uh, that, and that feels like very canon. canon. That was the like bread and butter. Yeah. Like that, making these million dollar action movies that do 10 million box office. Um, and like when they tried to veer from that path is how things went awry for them. No, I mean, like, like life force. Think about like Think about this. It's like, so the, this movie made back 10 X what its budget was. Life force was, didn't even make its budget back. I think it was a $25 million budget on like a $12 million box office. So it was like, yeah, domestic. Know, I don't know what international did for that, but yeah, it was a, I mean, oh, yeah, lost that's money true. on it, I'm sure. But yeah. Uh, so I, I, you're right. Like this, the, these are the movies that were sort of what built the, the built that Canon house. And I think that it's, it's crazy that it's like, they got the, it's the whole, it's the whole Icarus thing of they got, they got too close yeah. to the sun and <laughs> their wings melted. And that was that was the end of canon. And I and get it, like I, it's not very glamorous just churning out Michael Dudikoff American Ninja movies. Um, but you're uh, also making pays the bills. Pays yeah, the bills. You're also spending one million to make ten million. Like that's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good, return. good return. Yeah, pretty good return. And I, I it's a shame. Um, I. I don't think they would have fared very well. I think I think Canon, if they kept going the way they were going, they probably would have come like a, a straight to straight to video yeah, uh, uh, production house in the nineteen in the nineteen nineties. But yeah, I, I it, you're right. They, this is this is their wheelhouse, and if they had just stuck to it, it was like they probably would have been fine for a while. Probably would have at least had gone bankrupt the, uh, so spectacularly like they did with the uh, on the heels of like Masters of the Universe. Yeah. <laughs> So. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and it's just all their big swings kind of flop, and it's just like maybe stop <laughs> or like have another plan. Of... I uh, I think it was just they kept doubling down, doubling down. Because I think I think it was sort of like they get stuck on a. As I interpret it, it was sort of like they were in this vicious cycle of like, well, that didn't work, so we're gonna make another one. This other movie's gonna be a big hit, and then that'll be the thing that sort of saves saves our studio. Yeah, like, I think they. Like, just oh, kept if we can turn now. one of these into like a hundred million dollar hit, like we're saved. Like everything's golden. Uh, but yeah, it's just never and happened for him. Turns out they can't. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, so if you had ten percent more, where would you spend it on this? So hundred grand, I, I guess. Which I know puts it like a lot. It's only hundred grand. <laughs> uh, I mean, first I'll spend five hundred bucks and get that stuntman and helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could do it for two hundred and still be fine. <laughs> I'll just I gotta make sure it's good quality. You know, if we're yeah, gonna fair. give we're him gonna a bell, this. bell <laughs> yeah, helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's a tough one because I mean, like, what? I'm not sure. Sh- <laughs> Some of the flaws are part of the charm, <laughs> and there's just so much wrong with the movie. On like, you're just not really fixing. Any of those stuff, like you just radically re, I don't know, changing so many choices to get it. Like, it's no longer this movie. Like, it, like, do you spend like cast someone who's not Michael Dudikoff? Like, that's what I was then, thinking. Then too. it's not this movie anymore. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And uh, I, I think if you spend under 100K, you're still not getting Chuck Norris. I don't know. That's a good question. I wonder what that would have, yeah, if that would have moved the needle. 
to pull him uh, in or uh, I don't I mean I don't, I don't I don't think so cuz if he's cranking out movies I bet he was making uh he's making too much money at this point. But it, like you said you get another actor the whole thing changes anyway. Yeah, it's just going to have a completely different energy. So, which it would be fine. I, I'd be curious to see that, but it's also feels a little I don't know, it's always a little I almost disingenuous to change the movie that much. Yeah. Um, for a bit, but then, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one of, <laughs> because it's got a bunch of action set pieces. Um, it's got the opening ambush. It's got the ambush again at the warehouse. <laughs> it's got the escape from prison. Uh, it's got the finale. So I don't, I don't really feel like we need to put in another big action piece. Um, Man, I don't know. Do you have anything? Uh, my thing was maybe not changing the the direction of the movie too much, but I would maybe put if I was going to shoot some more stuff, and you could probably you could probably do it for hundred grand. I would put um put the money into either doing a better job building out the backstory or setting up something between the Shinoki and or Shinoki and Black Star Ninja as some sort of rivalry or some sort of something there. Like they should have they could have spent that money to do a better job setting up that whole premise or have built a better final battle. And then that gives you the opportunity to do two things is one, you have a battle between um, uh, Shinoki and black star ninja, instead of it being Joe and black star ninja. And, and then that gives you the freedom that frees up Joe to go actually have like a good fight with Ortega but he like where where this goes off the rails to me is like you 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 introduce Shinyoki and he doesn't really do anything like he kind of helps with some some of the fights but besides taking a knife for yeah Joe it's like they don't really need him and and you so I think you spend a hundred thousand to maybe get five more minutes of of on screen time of just doing some setup and some exposition just to make that a more interesting dynamic because like they message it pretty hard especially when they just weirdly take you out and left field for a few minutes to talk about it in the third act, build that out more, make something of a dynamic there where, you know, there's a reason why Shinoki has just been hanging out and not doing anything and tie it back to black star ninja. So there's something about this, this, you know, this dark art of ninja skills paying off between <laughs> those characters. It's just one of those things where it, just, it felt like if they, if they made the movie five or 10 minutes longer, it would have been, it would have been like materially better, but it at least would have made some more sense. You probably could have set it up for a more interesting third act or more. Do something fight. with his character a little more yeah. or something with that. Yeah. Okay. Other I, than just being like a guy that is basically looks the same age and a 20 year time lapse of like <laughs> modern and then like the, the memories. All right. I think, I think with uh, my 10%, I'm going to, and I looked at his schedule. I think we could, I think he could have made this work. <laughs> Stallone. Um, <laughs> No, no. Uh, our friend, a uh, new Arnold from Bloodsport, the director. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, actually. Uh, I'm going to bring him into direct. He uh, was second unit director on Invasion USA that came out in '85. So I'm going to take. Uh, they can get a different second unit director for that, and he can uh, use that time on the schedule to come in and. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'd be on board for that. American I, Ninja. <laughs> I do think. I think if this does look shot very cheaply, and I think. It's crazy, crazy when you think about in three years they shoot Bloodsport for almost the same amount of money, and I think that was a million dollar budget as well when we talked about it. 
And so, yeah, I think so this looks, this does look like it's shot for like almost made for TV in some cases. And then Bloodsport, again, to your, I think to where you're going with this, all of the action sequences are very confidently shot. They look good. They pay off. And yeah, I think this, this does, this does look much more expensive and much more well-made if you bring somebody else in. Yeah. And, and the, it's the Sam Furstenberg. And I mean, he's, it's pretty much like, Canon He's movie credit kind of a jobber like, guy right revenge of the ninja ninja three uh break in two Ooh. Uh, and then in the 90s into stuff like cyborg cop blood warriors um spiders two um kind of thing <laughs> so i mean obviously it worked for a long time uh, but is never working on uh Never nothing, doing nothing high then, quality. Nothing high quality. You're like, oh, there's was it some underlying talent there we didn't quite get to capture on this. Of like, yeah, that's kind of maybe like this level of movies who he's where he stayed. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, we should watch his movie, The Interplanetary Surplus Male and Amazon Women of Outer Space. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> God, what am I reading? Um. <laughs> Uh, science professor Harvey Kirk is a sex addict and his marriage is falling apart. Aren't One night, sexy alien Amazons kidnap him. They need him to repopulate <laughs> their hot species. His wife hides in their spaceship and tries to save him. Okay, well, I guess that went straight to Cinemax. <laughs> so, we definitely need to do it. <laughs> well, it's just weird because you look at the poster. The poster looks like it's from the 1960s, but then... Uh, it's identified as being a 2003 movie, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's very <really> confusing. <laughs> oh, <man>. beautiful! <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I rated this uh, two out of five Jackson nut crabs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it two out of five stinger missiles because I like it. It's a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun to watch. But man, it is not well made. <laughs> no, it, it, I, it's perfect for this podcast because it—I don't think we ever did, but it would have been the perfect movie for us to watch. Uh, marathon, the movie marathon, movie marathon. Yeah, because there was—we would tend to do a mix of some quality and some stuff like this. And this would is so easy to make fun of, make jokes about. It still got like some fun action, uh, and it's just like yeah, when it's. Uh, well, as a kid, I think unironically, I would have enjoyed this, and I did. I did see this when I was, when I was younger on like USA, um, and I did enjoy it. Yeah, but yeah. As an adult, it's like, or even just being past the age of like fourteen, you're like, yeah, it's just really old enough too. Well. No. <laughs> it's pretty easy to make fun of. <laughs> no, I definitely like eight or nine. You definitely uh, still enjoy it, and and it's some of that too. It's because it's it's probably the first time you're seeing a lot of things in yep. movies because you've just not been able to watch that much yet. Uh, and so you're just not aware of like, oh, there are movies that do this, but like, good. <laughs> <laughs> I think this informed a lot of my understanding of like what ninjas were and that seemed really <laughs> cool. But but yeah, like this was yeah. before I thought movies could be bad. Yeah. And as like, an eight or nine year old, you can easily like, your imagination goes with the ninja stuff where like you extrapolate out a lot more and add a lot more to that ninja stuff um, that the movie is not necessarily doing, but it goes a long way to like a nine-year-old. Exactly. <laughs> just to, That's exactly just to see ninjas. <laughs> and it's weird that, you know, Canon 
for whatever reason, was just really successful in, in tapping into that. Maybe it was just because <laughs> maybe because these movies just got a lot of TV play when we were kids. But it it does feel like this and Uzis and Stinger missiles and a lot of the stuff like that just really got uh, they really beamed a lot of that into our heads when we were kids. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> into the country. <laughs> Um, well, thank you, Golden Globus, for this this delightful treat known as American Ninja. I do kind of want to go see the sequels. I want to watch a couple of them and just see. And I was, as we we're talking about, I say I am pretty excited to watch uh, American Ninja Two. <laughs> so, I don't, I don't know what that says about me or what it says about the movie, but uh, uh, and even it, I, I think like like not even doing it for the podcast or that, I would definitely leave and be like. And I think it's on uh, American Ninja 2. I think it's on Tubi. Um, I, was, uh, I was actually just looking it up. Yeah. Okay. Let me see. Uh, but watch is like, I would definitely watch the sequel. Like, it has a lot of flaws. And, but yeah, sure. American Ninja 2. Let's do it. Uh, it is on Tubi. It actually has like better ratings than I, I would have thought. It was it was given on IMDb a 59%, which is not that bad. Yeah. For this kind of movie that sometimes that can be a, yeah. a pretty good one of... That can be like the right, that can be where you want it to be of cheesy, not great, but what you're looking for in a cheesy action movie, uh, but maybe like enough people recognizing like the fun quality of that as well, uh, that it bumps the rating up some. We need, I think we need to watch it because I just uh, scrolled through some pictures on Just Watch for, (laughs) and like two of the four pictures they give you are Armstrong wearing what looks like a uh, uh, military uh, formal formal dress where you wear your your um, what do you call it your uh, your medals on your on your oh, yeah, breast yeah, yeah. and his is open and sleeveless and so <laughs> and then it looks like some either I can't tell if it's Dudikoff or not but some weird guy in a mustache is just giving like a really crazy look so I'm like well, I'm I <laughs> I feel like I need to watch this. And uh, and then the other picture is a it's a drawing of it looks like Jackson screaming and trying to kill a ninja. And then it's got Michael Dudikoff in the front with a <laughs> a uh, looks like he's been promoted in this one. And he's wearing, a, again, a full military regalia uh, with a sword. And there's helicopters and explosions. Beautiful. So we should we should definitely watch this. Yeah, I'm game. <laughs> oh, he's a sergeant in this one. He did get promoted. So oh, every, every, hey, everybody's <laughs> co- hey, it looks everyone's like everyone's good. So Joe, uh, Jackson, and Charlie all got promoted to sergeant to this movie. It's a thing. <laughs> what did Charlie do? <laughs> Charlie was a dick. That fucking guy. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, fifty-two pickup is next. Yes, that'll be our, our first. A little shatter action. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking. Apparently, forward to it has a shider. bunch of porn stars in it. I, it's very yeah. I can't wait because I'm trying to figure. I can't. What the hell, Ron Jeremy is doing in this Roy Scheider movie? <laughs> I think uh, I, I was watching the trailer for Sorcerer the other day. I, w- I really want to see it uh, because it's a freaking movie and it's got Scheider. Oh, it's in it, fantastic! In it. Yeah, uh, and it's got Tangerine Dream soundtrack, so it seems really good. But it's like, man, uh, Scheider's stuff. I felt bad. It's just, I think it's just where he was professionally. It's like it, I feel like it, his stuff has fallen, or the things I know of him have fallen off a lot in the '80s because. I saw Blue Thunder and that was bizarre. And then it's like after that, I'm like, all I know is what is it? Sequest S- yes. SDV Sequest or- DSV. Yeah. DSV. It's like that's like all I know of Shider. Which Star sucks Trek in the ocean. He's such a good 
he's such a good actor and then so i'm hoping 52 pickup is like a is a good yeah is a good yeah. movie for him yeah because i Fingers feel like he, he, yeah like he he he, he what, well sorcerer jaws he was in all that jazz and then um uh french connection so he like his his 70 and then marathon man I'm like his 70s career is huge and it just feels yeah, like it's awesome. real quiet in the in the 80s so hoping this is a good one for him uh me too sweet sweet shatter <laughs> yeah all right. that was fun american ninja <laughs> everybody check it out american ninja even though we completely shit on it for two hours you should definitely check out american ninja <laughs> so all right see everybody next week